Discover new mind and body hacks to thrive as a human today. The Institute for Aliveness is here to teach you all the things you never learned in school. From talking poop, sex, childhood trauma, emotional intelligence, psychedelics, and of course, fasting and food. This is a podcast that changes lives. Join your host, Dr. Andrea Page, as she travels seven continents to find the most captivating, impactful humans for you. Um, okay, so everybody, I'm pretty sure, knows Rachel. Uh, <laughs> Rachel's here with us from Embodied Intimacy, as well as The Field, uh, which is a forthcoming training. I'm very excited to participate in. Um, and other things, like the watering hole, a new... <laughs> weekend that's my favorite yeah Still. uh and many other beautiful projects where mm. stewards people in their awakening mm. journeys in the vein of embodiment yeah anything mm. else you want to say to introduce yourself <laughs> um no that that feels nice yeah um yeah, and an emphasis on um, relational embodied wisdom uh, that comes alive when we humans connect in a space that I like to call intimacy, mm. something like this. I'm also a new mom and struggling right now with sleep deprivation for anyone who's watching the video portion of the journey. <laughs> or for any other new moms out there. Or for any of the new moms out there who can empathize with the insane um, torture it is to be sleep deprived every night of your life. Yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were talking about that right before we hopped on as, um, oh, well, maybe that'll be good because it's it's a de-armoring in itself. Like, exactly. It helps one take down barriers or affronts or you know it, it doesn't it leaves us with very little fucks to give yes yeah the the the, the veil is thin between mm-hmm. me and my usually could be censored words mm. Mm. so we'll go uncensored because everyone knows that's <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, very good. And and the topic that we thought to wrangle today, wrestle with, uh, listen to, speak at, is speak into perhaps is uh, facilitation. Um, the the difficult struggle of facilitating another's journey, and this is something that specifically I even as you know as recent as whatever a month ago I. Um, I wrote Rachel in a time of desperation and I was just like, what, like, what do you do? How do you deal with this? You know, one facilitator to another when someone doesn't like you or when someone wants to, you know, tell a big story uh, about, you know, how awful you are and how you are the bane of their existence and all of this wonderfully over-dramatized human reality of, of you know we we humans go throughout our adult life reproducing situations from our childhood life <laughs> using characters around us to act out different different parts of us that are closed down or hurt or wounded we want to rediscover and, and re-explore and potentially heal and yet sometimes when we are the ones <laughs> 
that have been cast into their roles yeah. it feels like wait I didn't choose this mm. how do we grapple with that that sense of like oh wow I really see I see you playing out the story um you know how, how as facilitators do we sit in that or play with it or respond to it because mm. it often feels like a no-win situation mm-hmm. yeah yeah that is the a great question and uh, <laughs> well, that's, a, that's a great question no well what comes there's a few sides to it that come which one is like like it is this why would anyone want to do this like that's the the question that also comes as a part of that like like why not just you know stay at home or get a regular office job or you know like why would you want to be the projection screen for all Mm. these this many people and why would you want to you know and I think I think there's both Andy I think for me um for me, my facilitation is like, on one level, it's, I never wanted to be a facilitator. In fact, like public speaking, all of that was just like, no, thank you. Like totally. I was, I started out as an event producer. So I was really, I really loved events and I was really into the behind the scenes. And maybe there was something shadowy in that playing out where I was not ready to be the one standing in front of the room, but it kind of got to this point where I was going to so many events and I had received so much like transmission of something. And when I was at events, I was like, I could do it better. Or like, or I like, there was just this part that finally woke up that said, if I don't share this, I'm actually doing a disservice to the world. Like if I keep myself back from stepping into my leadership, I'm actually like doing more harm. And what is it going to take for me to move through those personal pieces so that I can give my gift back to the world? Like that, that was really what, where it came from. So it became like, okay, I have this transmission. I know that I can provide something that's really good or really needed right now. And I'm fucking terrified and I'm have a self-image thing. And I'm wondering if, you know, and all of the stuff that, that would bubble up in, in that process. But that was really the call. The call was so much more beyond myself of like me and I have this cool thing to do or share and really like the world needs this. Like if I withhold my love from the world, like who, why do I even deserve to live here? Like if, if not this, then what am I going to do with my life? So, so this really came and, and, and then every step of the way was a little bit of this, like what is in the way to me and being the love? that I am for the world. And, and then along the way, you know, these, these people present themselves and some are, some are really challenging and some are um, showing me pieces that maybe I do need to actually look at myself. You know, I, I think that is it. Like, I think when you stand in front of a room, you are naked in a way, like there are, you know, however, 20, 30, 40, 50 people staring at you from all directions. Like there isn't anywhere to hide. You can't like pretend away, at least not in the spaces that I'm because, because the spaces that I'm creating are all about truth 
and intimacy and love and connection. And it's like, that's the material. So I can't lead that unless I'm willing to go there myself, you know? So for sure, I think, I think over time, I think the, the, the gift of, of having some years under the belt and the gift of coming into contact with a lot of people is the, the refinement in dis- and discernment and clarity that comes when it's like some, when it's there, when it's yours and when it's mine, you know? And, and I think that's, that can be the hardest part is the, um, the delicacy of that dance of the kind of the holding the mirror back up, you know, and saying like, Hey, I actually, this isn't, this isn't my piece, you know, or there's something here for you to, why are you abandoned? Why are you, you know, giving your power away to me and letting this piece leave yourself? Like there is something here for you. And that is such an art, really that relational piece. Um, and and it's hard to, and and especially like the, the the harder it is is on the scale of when this person's um material is activating my own material and so therein lies for me the deeper levels of my own self growth journey as a facilitator is of course there's always that next person who's activating that next piece for me to look at of course that's always happening and so, yeah, so, so that is the dance, you know, and um, yeah, I'm just going to pause there and. Uh. <laughs> Sound empathy is a huge way to get through it all. Yeah. <laughs> when we're looking at tips, lots of, lots of deep breaths and, and giggles. Yeah. But you know, it's, I'm, I'm mentoring, um, a group of people right now through their own beginning of facilitation. And it's so beautiful to, uh, to receive these, these pieces as they pop up through them as well. Um, Where, um, where it's like, like, for example, I was speaking to a woman yesterday who she's like, we had a closing circle and the, the praise or the, the, um, the, um, appreciation from people to me as a facilitator and what I, what they receive from me, it doesn't even land. I can't even receive it. Like, it's just, I'm so in my head and I'm so scared and I'm so cut off and I'm so worried that like, I can't even receive their acknowledgement of me as a facilitator. And it's like, boom, it, it like the reflection, no matter where it comes from, it's just showing you that next piece. And that's her piece for sure. As a facilitator, it's like, receive like receive the goodness of what you are giving to the world and there's a there's also a a need in that to depersonalize in a way because it's like receive it but don't take it into this personal ego piece in all the in all the layers but receive it and allow like um this is the impact of my of me giving the purity of my love on the world that like when i love and when i share that love in whatever whatever modality that looks like um, people take themselves through their own transformation journeys. Like I don't have to do so much as, as I'm being a space, the space that people need. Um, So 
so I, yeah, I think that these are all just our next guiding North stars as where pointing us to where the work is still for us to do. Um, and maybe the work is just in the ability to um, reframe or reflect or reattune to someone else's projection or their um, giving away their power to me as the leader in whatever way, shape or form that is showing up. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I want to acknowledge that the first part of that probably 10 minutes ago now was, was spoken like a truly arising. <laughs> Who am I to restrict my love with the world? <laughs> so beautiful. Mm. Um, you're here with two Leo risings, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so you got to take that into account, but that it is that essence, that question of, um, you know, when things come up as they will, whether they are sparkly, shiny, wonderful feedback or more challenging, you know, projectile vomit. Mm. Right? I, I do feel like a big tip, quote unquote, is to take them all as one. Mm. Right? They are the same. And, and, I mean, in terms of the the good feedback and receiving that, I mean, so early in my career, right, I got the best feedback you could ever want. You I can't tell you how much you've changed my life, mm. right? My parents want to build a statue of you in our country, right? I've had people say that to me, like that that level of extremeness that it's just like you know rolls off rolls off of me like water off duck feathers. That sense of like yes, beautiful, wonderful. <laughs> like that has nothing to do with me. This is, this is your process. And I've been lucky enough to hold space for the unfolding and that's it. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously on the, the darker side of mm -hmm. being the projection screen, um, as you said, when their material activates your own material, mm -hmm. it's, it's more difficult. And I think, and and you you voiced this uh, to me a few weeks ago. Like I've put myself in a very difficult situation, having a lot of the work that we do at the Institute for Aliveness online, mm -hmm. where you don't have that shared space. Right? So that that act of projection, where actively, in many ways, you're dehumanizing the other, even if you're projecting your mother, or your father, and mother or father were humans but you're taking away that person's themness mm -hmm. right as you project onto them whomever you're working your shit out with actually mm -hmm. and so there is a dehumanizing effect of that um and of course when it comes to online and the the world of i mean online is the ultimate world of projection where there there are no humans right there's text yeah or there's audio or there's video of, of something else that you can you know you see a sliver of and then you paint the rest of the picture of the reality because you're not getting that full feed of human heart beating breathing entirety and so it's so much easier in many ways to project um, i have the perfect example of this happening we have an online program and a few people bought it and 
in this earlier this week, I got a few really angry emails, just like, I want to refund now. And I'm not happy and like real, like intense. And I, I was losing sleep. Like these are one of those things for me is like, Oh, like, how do I, you know, we have a very clear refund policy and it's like, but this person, and I don't want them bad at me. And there's like all this, you know, all this stuff that's churning. And it's, it's, and it is in that where when someone sends an email to this entity or whatever, where there isn't a person there, they're just, you know, it's almost in this, like this same, like it's the same mechanism when people are in traffic and they're in their car, just like you know being a total dick and swearing and cursing. It's like, you would never actually say that if the person was standing next to you, you know, like this. Um, and I, I was really struggling, you know, I was formulating all these emails, like this is our policy and that's not allowed. And you're clearly not, and I can feel my energy just wanting to meet that energy. And I just wrote back and I said something like, Hey, I'm feeling you a lot of anger from you in your message. And, and, um, and it's not inspiring me to break my refund policy and give you a -hmm. refund. And I'm wondering, like, would you want to just have a call and share with me a little bit, like what actually happened and what's going on and, you know, something, something, something. And the message I got back was just like, oh my God, you're so right. I've been with a lot of anger right now. I have all this stuff happening with my apartment. You know, I got the whole story and it was like, so not about the training. It was about that I was just the next organization against or that had like whatever that was it was so clear figure yeah yes exactly not me but it just took that level of like removing myself from the personal activation because the personal part of me is like oh no I made this horrible program I I'm a fraud or I'm a failure and people want their money like there's all the personal stuff that I can allow myself to go into or I can just show up in the presence of like hey it feels like you're hurting right now like and and if I respond to that hurting this is the way that I respond to it but if I like just take a step back and just say like hey can we have a conversation like, can we bring this out of the, the typing, the projection, vomiting, and just be people together? Everything shifts. Yeah. Yeah, it is this. It, it, it shows up in all the ways, but especially online. As you said, it's online is so hard um, to keep people being people and remembering that when they send an email to info at it's not being received by a robot. It's there's a person on the other end of that, of that email. Yeah. 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 And sometimes even showing up in conversation is just like heightens, you know, I mean the work that you do obviously, and this is why many times I've had you come into Tifa and bring it back to that somatic Mm. of like what I'm experiencing in my body right now is, and kind of guarantee regulation before going into some of the more challenging topic matter. And um, because what we do at TIFA is so intellectual or theoretical or philosophical, and whereas embodiment's, you know, the foundation of it, but it's not the work that we do online, you know, in dozens of different countries around the world necessarily, that we engage more on that intellectual academic front. And, um, and so I think it leaves a lot to be desired 
in terms of people showing up regulated and um, if and when someone's in, let's say, a torment um, and, and caught up in their stuff and wanting to, you know, tornado it out and projectile it out in, in all directions and often. And like, you know, we're very clear about this, that this is a transformational journey. During anyone's transformation, you're going to have these moments and it's up to you how much you remember that this is a part of it. And that going through this and stewarding yourself through the storm is part of your becoming and part of the training. If you get lost in the storm and sucked up into the vortex of the tornado, right? Then, you know, shoulder shrug, it's like, okay, that's that's what happened. And that's as far as you got this time around. Another hero's journey will come up. Another program will come up. Another version of Andy will come up and you'll throw the same shit. And it's just like, you know, after a while, and and perhaps it's because, you know, we've stewarded more than 70 students to some point on their journey. And that's been a lot. And as you reflected back to me a few weeks ago, like it's only been me <laughs> you know? at the apex of it all. And so like, what, what form of masochism <laughs> have I, have I an appetite for in this life, but the sense of, um, you know, one of the, the really cute ones that they'll throw out sometimes is, well, are you doing your shadow work? Right. <laughs> <laughs> or like, how, like, are you doing your work? And, it, and the funny thing is, and any facilitator can totally reconcile with this because it's, it's that like, well, how do you think I got here? <laughs> like, this wasn't a lottery where I picked a ticket, you know, it was like, oh, a tremendous amount of work was how I got here, able to hold all of it. And it's, it's, it's very interesting when we only have one perspective in the kaleidoscope of life and someone who has the perspective of, of being the student, you know, will constantly run in to these authority issues, power structure things. And I remember it when I was a student, I remember being 20, 21 in my original transformative program, a very Northern California inspired program in India, in an intentional community. And I remember Julie, my advisor, who was the, the steward of my transformation there that semester. I remember saying to her, you know, she was probably in her thirties at that point. And I remember saying, can't you just be my friend? Right. She was my advisor. And she said to me, no, no, I can't. And I feel that I'm at that, um, that point so often be because people don't realize that when you open yourself to facilitate their process, you are caring in a way that is as loving as a mother, right? Way beyond attentive, way more than a friend, Right, that you are there for whatever comes in them in many ways, like a saint, and that you are energetically conspiring for their transformation and for their awakening at a level beyond anything that they could casually pay for, you know, transactionarily. And that, like, to truly facilitate someone through awakening, you know, you're, you're putting the biggest offer out on the table. 
Yeah. Mm. I love the, the way that you speak about it. Yeah. Um, mm. And it's, it's really that, that place that you're talking about, the place of wanting to be closer and the place of what's the right distance is, is such a piece in, in this, you know, um, it's, it's like the same as the, the psychotherapist, you know, where you're having, like, I know with, with my therapist, I'm having the, like the deepest, most revealing conversations. Then it's like, okay, bye. But, but yeah. wait a second, like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> And there has to be, you know, that's why so many psychologists have this, like, no personal information, like the level of, because of the level of transference. And, mm. and for me, it's been really interesting to go through um, um, pregnancy and having a child while leading groups, because I, you know, leading groups with my partner at the time, or yeah, um the mother father projection was, has been so right on the surface and so easy. Like, okay, you're mommy and you're daddy. And like, it's easy. And then I, and then I got pregnant and had a child and then I'm even more mom because now I'm actually a mom and I actually have a child. And like when I'm facilitating groups in the breaks, I'm with my child. And so I'm less available. And so now anyone who had an unavailable mom or anyone who, um, who had a brother or a sister that came like any of that material is just right on the surface. Like, Oh, I'm not important. You're too busy for me. Like, and so that has been, like I said, and this isn't my, it doesn't trigger me in any way or, or my material. So it's been one that's been really easy for me to hold. And, and it's been such a beautiful journey for me as a facilitator, because I think at the beginning I was a little bit, um, over um, caretaking the participants. And when it came to the point of having a child, I was no longer available to caretake. Like I can't, I have to take care of my actual child in the breaks. And that made caretaking participants so less, one, less possible and two, less, less even anything I would desire. Um, so it has been such a beautiful shift also in my personal growth journey to be like, sitting in such a different seat as a mother and really holding the mother archetype, but not being the caretaker is like, like I can hold the shadow aspect that I used to embody really well and sit in this way more healthy boundary place of like, yeah. And like, I'm here. Yes. There's another child. Yes. That is the priority. And I'm here for you when we're in session, I'm here and I'm, and I'm fully available for you. And when we're not, you know, I'm, I can still be available, but you will have to approach and reach out and ask. And if you don't, I will be over here doing my thing with my child. It, like, it has been, it has been such a beautiful process for me, mm. really. So there's moments like this when it comes in and it's, it's a part of my growth and transformation in my role. Um, and it's also bringing up material at the same time. And so all sides were on all sides, we're getting to look at and be with that. Mm. Yeah. There's something to be said as well of short form container versus long form container in mm. terms of endurance. Like if I think about, you know, the tremendous number of in-person retreats that I've 
led through my career or the yoga teacher trainings I've taught, which were, you know, we're looking at retreats stemming from three days to seven days or yoga teacher trainings a month where these are pieces of time. And I remember, especially my seven day containers, I used to pour everything I had and more, everything in my life went on hold and I would show up for these people through and through, and I would be mom. I would be the mom they never had. And that would, in many ways, I, I would see provide a tremendous amount of healing for them. And, and that's where a lot of huge breakthroughs went through. But because it was so temporary, it was so fleeting mm. because they were in the altered state of fasting, right? Because they were on this idyllic island, be it Bali or Sri Lanka or wherever, that there was this sense of ephemerality that perhaps didn't stay. And so there was always left a longing yeah. for more. I think that could speak to a lot of the success of my career was I awakened that longing of, of what people wanted. And if I contrast that now to the long, long form container that we have in Tifa, you know, it's supposed to be 18 months. Some of these students have been around for three years, right? That's a completely different ball game because they go through the ups and downs and the highs and the lows and I'm there constant. And I think that the, the way that I've related to the long form container, because whereas you have in session and not in session, right. And we might have a live zoom call and then any other hour of the day, but essentially this long form container is unending. And so the way in which I've given myself, and you know, this like just, just wait too much one could say over the past three years is, is really difficult because when you are stewarding, you know, the 360 of someone's life, and that's, that is our material that, that we teach in applied epigenetics, you know, it's not only the relational or the intimacy or the regulation, you know, it's, it's full spectrum life stuff. It's, it's so much more challenging to have an off. And I think that the ways in which I've experimented with creating space um, from the students and personal journeys or creating space between myself and the Institute to be able to have, or start to have again, my own life or things like this. Like it's, that also feels like unscripted territory and something that's an unstrikable balance in many ways. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's um we we've also had um uh people who've journeyed with us and then you know they we when we facilitate um and people complete our year-long training, then they can um apply and become an assistant of that training and then they can assist more. And so we had people who, you know, came and it was like, oh my God, this is it. And they just stayed. And, and I started to notice now over the years that there was a, a, a point, um, like a, a point where um, they needed to leave again. And um, yeah, no, I, yeah, exactly. And it became, and it, and it, it's one of the, it's one of the telltale signs of why we're not a cult because we make you leave <laughs> because, and I literally say that to people, like, you have to go, like you, you can't come anymore. You have to go do other things because it, it does, it gets into that, 
the longer people stay and the longer we're in that and the more we love each other, the more we depend on each other, the more the greater part of our lives we become, all the material gets a lot more real and intense. And, and by that, it's like harder to see the clarity through the roles and the functions and the closeness um, that we start to create together. So I, I totally hear you. Like, I can't imagine being in a longer container like that and not being able to say, and it was usually, which is interesting, three years is the, is the point, was usually the tipping point where mm. I would say to someone, okay, now you have to go. Um, you can't assist us anymore. You can't come to another an event. You have to go to another container first and like feel yourself as a being outside of who you yeah. created a life as in this community and then come back. And you're very welcome back, but you need to go and you can't come again for a little while because it gets that I become mom or I'm sister or I like the dynamics get stuck and old and um, you have to go out. Yeah. 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 And the sense of experiencing different containers, like for me, something really real. And I think this is like the, the poor Andy, like the, the commentary that like, in many ways is like, holy shit, I can't believe you've, you've chosen this. Like who, like you're crazy. Um, but when because I, I bring in other facilitators a lot and I've always done this because I want so many different voices saying the same thing. Yeah. Because one of those voices is going to wake you up. And one of those voices is going to be the one where you finally understand. And yeah. so I like I'm such a, you know, a, <laughs> a pro- proponent of the poly uh, philo- philosophical polyphilos of like hear so many different just tones and tonalities and embodiment expressions. Um, and I'm obviously very kind of standards driven with who I bring into the space. And yet I see this predictable glory when someone new comes into the space and it's like, oh, look, that's someone I haven't projected onto yet. And that person has all the wonderful things, right? And I see, I see the process of falling in love with that new being and all of that. And yet, right, if, if that individual who's projecting all the positive onto that new being were to go to their container and their community, all the same things would happen over time, you know? And so it's, it's so interesting when it's, it's the container, yeah. Right? It's just the fact that this is a container where we do work and any kind of work that's, you know, effective work is going to bring up these things inside of you no matter how long. And it's not the quality of the container, the facilitators, talent, the, you know, the language it's in. None of that matters, right? If your shit is coming up, your shit would come up anywhere. And, um, and it's so interesting in our hyper ego driven social media fed world where people think that oh this person is different or that container that experience is different it's like no we're all holding space for the same thing right and and yeah sure the flavors and the ways in which it happens can be some can be super ceremonial and others can be more like fuck it. We're here. What do you want to talk about? Those are usually, (laughs) those are usually the kind of containers I hold, but in that grand variety of flavors of facilitation, right? Your-ness, your stuff that you want to work on, whatever happens, 
will still come up and mm-hmm. it'll come up if you give it long enough time. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that in your container um, through the, um, like that anything shifts when you, um, when the, um, how do I want to say this? Um, when you teach what trauma is and how it shows up uh, or like, do you feel that that has the power potential to shift any of these dynamics or, or if, for example, like we could also say the same, like, what about when you do shadow work? And that, like, do you feel that there are any pieces that when they're dropped have the potential to shift out of this dynamic? Um, on, so it depends upon the individual, mm-hmm. right? If the individual is in an amygdala hijacking response, because that's how their brain is wired from capital T early childhood complex trauma, growing up in war-torn territory, having alcoholic parents, abandonment, like deep orphaning, like abandonment issues, um, drug abuse in their home, early childhood sexual abuse, things like this. Um, The individual often is, uh, I mean, I don't know if I wanna say it this way, but victim to a amygdala hijacking response. And this doesn't have the ability to to show up as as like you were saying of like let's just be humans and let's be here, mm-hmm. right? And if you talk more theory or philosophy about hey this is a trauma response you're in or hey am I playing your mother or father right now or like any any attempt at that because the part of their brain that's enacted or firing up is the fight response survival response attack response it doesn't matter what material or what piece or what theory is brought forth um because they're in that space and you know so even if i'm like what like what are you experiencing in your body right now or i'm experiencing in my body a tightness and um a sense of sweatiness in my armpits and my jaw feels tight. Like, what are you experiencing? And they'd be like, oh, interesting that you're experiencing that, right? They would like use it in those situations. They use everything, right? To further weaponize whatever the quest is. Um, and these are, you know, so many people in the world had capital T early childhood complex trauma. And I do feel that um more theory and philosophy in the work at a mental level at an intellectual level isn't going to help that what's needed in in those situations with um specific people who have neurological patternings like that is embodiment work hands-on work where there is no talk where there is a consistent practitioner in person where they're able, where they're literally just in their own bubble. There is no space to project onto where they can go back and go back safely to being, you know, that part of them that that wants to fight and project out in order to protect itself. It's all self-protection mechanism. Yeah. yeah there's nothing wrong here. Yeah. It's just that we've come to a point where we realize that those individuals cannot do the work in our space because our space is so heavily 
intellectual, theoretical, philosophical. Yeah, something else is and, needed. Yeah. 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 This is, I'm remembering now, this is where we got to also in our conversation where I realized that was the kind of benefit of my groups happening consistently in person is that we get to then come back together and regulate. And it's funny that there was one time that we had a situation like you're speaking about that got super inflamed and super bad. And it happened in between the longest break that we had between two in-person modules. And the that length we've never hit again, but that length of time and all of the... Um, all of the negative projection vomit material came out online. Mm-hmm. Um, we've never had a situation like that in person where we didn't come to some kind of, you know, there can be these like, we're not a fit for each other mm-hmm. moments that are different. You know, it's like, oh, okay, I get you're at this place or I'm at this place or, or we're leading this and you're interested in this. There's those moments where it's just like, okay, I, yeah, I respect you and your journey and we're just not a, 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 a match. Um, but then there's what you're talking about, which is really the like, yeah. And this is the only time that ever happened. So it's very interesting. There is something about the embodiment work and coming together and regulating and you know that has the potential to shift out of that state and I get why it's not possible online when you're not in person together if the person doesn't have that capacity or ability for themselves or those resources in their everyday life then yeah, yeah you're in a shit place yeah and and that person's not doing the work on a somatic level with someone holding space for them like that's that's really the next level like you know I as you know I've um, fallen into over the past two years studying de-armoring and specifically the work of Suzanne Rasgard with um, the Gaia method and and the beauty that I've seen unfold in that space that it's like you can do the philosophical and the theoretical and you can work out things on an intellectual mental level framework you know, for so long, but at some level, it needs to have itself unfold in the somatic Mm -hmm. and to have that kind of somatic space held where that work, you know, is being done with a facilitator, but it's not at all triggering the mental or Mm -hmm. the, the, you know, the neurological patterning that is such the habit and the individual just has space to feel it only on the somatic without any kind of mental engagement that that is what is required um and yeah like i can't say enough good things about that specific work and, and the, the ability to hold space for anyone and especially people with capital t early childhood complex trauma and um yeah i mean It, there's there's an interesting tipping point of when people make it personal and you were mentioning this and especially you know you're you're very very public with many many very personal things and this is this is just you know me with Scorpio moon like that would be impossible it would feel impossible for me to do that because I know that like such a huge vein and heartbeat of my life is privacy you know, and it's like, I'm going to give you everything in the facilitation. I will give you everything. So like, 
in the non-facilitation time, like, let me have my life. And like, like it needs to be a little like, I, you know, uh, so that, that sense of when people are in projectile spin outs and they want to make it personal. Right. And it's, it's all, it's about, you know, it's about me and, and the quality of person. And this is, you know, this is something I think if I've built an agility in anything over the past three years, it's been, um, the ability to steward all faces, you know, and we see this through, through Hinduism, through Buddhism of when you have a thousand faces in one and within you contains the devil and the angel, right? The professor and the palper. And, you know, that, that sense of being able to contain it all. And it's like, you know, if someone's projecting effectively the devil onto me, it's like, ah, you want to talk, you know? And, and like, it's funny because I would never let myself come to that in a facilitation role you know I'll always stay neutral but it's 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 like oh okay you want me to act out that role cool I'll totally act out that role with you but like let's be clear that that's what's happening Mm -hmm. and so that that sense of like okay I get to play the thousand faces of this human reflection and refraction of the universal energy um and I would, I would kind of almost advise that to, to any facilitator, mm-hmm. because I think that there is this uh, like polarized, angelic, neutral like space that we can hold when we we're saying something, we're holding up the mirror in a way that we know is going to totally trigger that person because we're speaking directly into their thing. And so we try to be really soft about it. And it doesn't matter how soft we're being about it. It's going to fucking piss them off. <laughs> and and so, yeah, the agility of, of just being able to snap into any kind of mode, I think, is, is, is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really a practice of emotional mastery. Yeah, fucking totally. Emotional litmus tests left and right. Yeah. What and I think... Cool individuals are really surprised when, you know, they'll be horrible to me, like horrible in their projection on an interpersonal level would be horrible. The things that they'll say about me, you know, all of that. And then I'm like, I really, I wish you the best. Mm. Like may there be winged behind your wings. Like I send you a huge hug, you know, and like something doesn't calculate, but it's because, you know, you're, you're, their story, you know, isn't about you actually. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, that is like the truth of, of the thread of projection. Mm-hmm. You are the screen onto which they're playing out their own unfolding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it comes back like, why would anyone want to do this? <laughs> <laughs> you know? I think we have to, we didn't have a choice, right? The agency in it. (laughs) When we just, the aliens that sent us said, this is your, this is your karma from a past life. (laughs) Totally. Totally. And I know, like, as you said, like, it is all our work too. Those emotional litmus tests. It's like, oh, right. Space holding and facilitating other people's awakening journeys are the upper echelon Olympic games of, yeah. of, you know, spiritual refinement. And 
I think that anyone would agree. And it would be really easy to see the extreme end of the spectrum to be an awakened guru like Ama or something like that. And it's like, all you do is just like be love all the time. And it's like, cool. And in trauma healing shadow work, <laughs> love Whereas, yes, if it is that strong of a force field can get you there. But for most people and most individuals and most of the time, there needs to be this unfolding or a somatic revealing of, of you know, the, the life lived. And um, yeah, I mean, being a bright mirror as well, like, you know, it's something that I've walked around with my whole life when you're, when you're shining back the world to the world you know I can think of times in high school when I was hated and feared and revered and and uh, you know adored and all of those things at once because in many ways who we are brings up a lot in other people and that is also the Leo rising journey separate from anything else yeah yeah yeah, you are a big, bright, beautiful being, Andy. And you as well, my love. You don't have the Scorpio to like put in the 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 twister. So it's it's I would say it's easier for you, but of course it's not. It's- I'm really excited to have you joining the facilitator training and to see how we can bring this in because I think it's a beautiful um part of the of the training of what it means to be a facilitator, you know, and what it means to be a steward for people's transformation and what you're going to like the amount of self um, like holding and, 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 and heart nourishing and nurturing. And, and it, it is this, like, it's so beyond any personal shit it's like it has to be about something so much greater than the personal blah 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 or else it's just not worth it it's just like why would anyone why would you want to be that you know so it's like coming into that like what is your dharmic soul calling on this earth and and like how to align with that to such a degree that these pieces are just pieces that you know, they come and they go and they're like, take the, take the nourishment and nutrients and the pieces that feel, um, worth consideration and inquiry and like how to delicately relationally navigate the rest. Yeah. Is there yeah. always be that next person, whoever the one is now, there's going to be another one and they're going to be harder or trigger you more or reflect back that thing like how to how to walk this walk Mm -hmm. still with grace and confidence and and like purpose and passion that like yeah and I'm still here to do this you know yeah the knowing the knowing that like this isn't about me and that's obviously a lot of the way in which I think I learned to facilitate in the early years in my early 20s was as a response to my ability to see through the facilitators who were actually there for them, yeah. you know, where they were there to work out their own journey. And I'm yeah. like, Oh, that is not yeah. going to happen on my turf. Like that is not what this is about yeah. as much as we use it, you know, as fuel for our own fire and trust what's showing up for us as our own work. 
we hold space for others, right? We hold space for the work and the transformation for others. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful balance that we, we, we pose in this uh, kaleidoscope of, of existence. And it takes a tremendous amount of self-refinement and spiritual evolution. Yeah. And discernment. And this is the, the piece around like what, for me, what marketing is and as far as event facilitation goes is like, how do I get better and better at attracting the right person Mm. that the, the people who are ready for this, who, who need um, like the, it's almost like some kind of informed consent, but not like, but is like, there's an energetics to it, which is like when I put out the perfect transmission of what I'm holding space for and who the perfect person is, those people come. And that's for me, what event marketing is, is constantly like refining my words, which are spells, which I'm using to cast into attracting the next uh, participants or journeyers or whatever you call. So it's another piece of this kaleidoscope of what it means to be a facilitator is that like what am I calling what am I casting out to the world to attract in there's so much to learn from you in that and I'm like you know the part of me that's so anti-marketing which is like a significant part of me is like and I don't want to learn that at all <laughs> but there's yeah. something to it there is some there that's is sure. there's, there's stuff you wish for kind of thing <laughs> I love it well Casting the spell of facilitation, mastery, and holding higher standards for what it means to facilitate is exactly, I think, what we're intending to do with the field, this training that's going to start in 2023. And yeah, yeah. please, please come and join. And yeah, excited to have What's the website? The we'll, field. we'll launch the first module together, you and I, thefieldfacilitatortraining.com. .com. Yeah beautiful um mm. so with this spell of magic having unveiled the inner belly and the the pain and pleasure that it is to facilitate someone else's journey through this discussion um if this is something that's beating in someone's soul come and explore and learn from yeah those of us who have been through the ringer and still remember how to love yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh. So how was it? Did you like it? Thank you so much for listening and joining us for season seven of the Vitality Podcast with the Institute for Aliveness. It is my great pleasure to share these conversations and reflections and my lectures from all over the world with you in the comfort of your own home or on your jogging path or on your way to the grocery store, wherever you might be right now. At the Institute for Aliveness, we are here to hold higher standards for humanity, to kind of cast a light upon the path to evolution, personal evolution that involves much more than just the body or the mind, but really the cohesive, holistic nature, the robustness of who and how we are showing up as a human today and where our personal inventory of our past and what's made us the way we are from a neurological, neurobiological level to a physical level and to take agency for that and decide how we want to drive and where we want to drive in the future. And so there's no like to no day like today to fully embrace and take into account the agency for you 
and the life that you're living. It may be a beautiful one. We're sending you so much love here from Tifa headquarters, and we hope that you'll come and join us for a short course soon. How is listening to that for you? If you learned from or moved by the episode, pay it forward. Go to Apple now and leave a five-star review so others can benefit. Join the Institute for Aliveness for a one-week transformational fasting experience. Consider getting an astrology reading from Andy or enroll in the one-year health coach certification course. Whatever you do, don't let this learning pass you by. Do something now to impact your lifestyle for good.